the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Hope you've had a good day so far, and uh, if you're out on the road, thanks for tuning in as we, you make your way home to The Ride. Kath, I see you're wearing a turtleneck today. It's the season. It was chilly. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much thinking that from now on until May, I'm going to be wearing a turtleneck. Every day. Yeah. yeah. I hate I hate a cold neck. Mm. Yeah, I do too. That's my particular... I hate it. That's my weak point. Yeah. A, I'm okay to be without a coat but if a I have neck. to be. I, I really want mittens mm-hmm. and a scarf. Yeah. Beyond that, I can kind of take it or leave it. Right. I feel... Um, I was uh, looking in my cupboard there the other day, and I found and a... And it was bare. No, I found a bag of turtlenecks, which last year during the pandemic... Oh, you decided to get rid of because you, you were never going to wear them again. I didn't wear them. Oh, and you so, never even got them I was out. thinking, well, I would send those to the dry cleaner maybe at some point. Do you like get a, your turtlenecks dry cleaned? Well, I, these kind, kind of, of I do. What kind of a feet lifestyle what, do you live these, these are nice turtlenecks. They're nice. I mean, I'm lucky that mine get washed on delicate every what? once in a while. No, 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 no. And then you get, if, if I wash them, then I get to like, you know, set them out. I'm not going to put them in a the dryer. They're wool. You have wool turtlenecks? Yeah. Well, pardon. I mean, wait a second. Have I fallen into some sort of fashion trap here that I didn't know even existed? I've, I've, I've never had a wool turtleneck in my life. I'm going to wear one. Okay, well, first of all. First of all. First of all, it doesn't even sound good to me. It no. sounds like it's very scratchy. They may be lamb's wool. Oh, oh no, they're cashmere. They may they're, be they're, soft. You're... I've fallen deeper and deeper into this as we go on. Each sentence further, you know. You, but you're distancing yourself from the average person. Here's the deal. All I'm saying comment. is I, I, last year I had some uh, dirtle necks and I thought, these are dirty. I'm not going to wash them. I'm not going to wash them. Or even, you know, do the wool light thing. I'm going to send them to the dry cleaners. However, they're just sitting in a bag in my closet. I've never done anything with them. That's all I'm saying. This has just opened up a whole new view. What the heck? Into- well, like, what are you wearing a turtleneck? This is not wool. And all of this, I guarantee you, you two is, is machine washable. Two turtlenecks. Well, one's a sweater and one's like, That's an, a turtle yeah, like an inside it's layer situation. Anyway, it's not even that cold out there, is it? Uh, it's just damp and gross. And so I thought I'd just, you know, it's forecast jump for ahead. damp and gross. Mm-hmm. Why not? All right. It's how you feel about it. All right. It's how you should say it. All right. Without further ado, my fashion quest or choices. Cass, please give us mm-hmm. the news stories of the day. The top four at four. My printer isn't working. I don't want to hear excuses. No, and that's serious. And so I am reading this from my iPad, which makes me feel a little out of sorts. You're a pro. For Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Number one. A proposed $16 million project, John, would upgrade Pittsburgh streetlights to more efficient LEDs. Though two council members said they've already heard pushback from residents. I'd be one of those. Why? I hate LEDs. 
according to the Trib. <laughs> the like conversion I'm project not going anywhere near is it. expected to cut energy costs by a million dollars a year, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and create union jobs. Plus, union jobs. they'll comply with the city's new dark skies lighting standards, which aim to reduce light pollution and provide a healthy natural environment for bird migration. John. Council members Anthony Coghill and Deb Gross said they've both heard complaints about the proposal and complaints about existing LED lights in the city from constituents. So everybody's complaining about everything. They plan to look into the issue further before the proposal appears on the city council agenda for further discussion next Wednesday. Number two. Do you want to comment on the LEDs? I got nothing. Number two. The Great Resignation, and that's in air quotes is sparking upheaval in the job market as COVID-19 drags on, and no group has been impacted more than women. New LinkedIn data finds that the number of job transitions for women surged in 2021. Now, a job transition can mean any type of job change from dropping out of the workforce altogether to finding a better paying job. But according to CBS News, 54%, that's amazing, 54% more women have transitioned into a different job in the past year, which is a record. We were leaving yesterday and walking down the hall. The yep. other end of the hall is totally empty. Totally empty. The guy said, oh, we were a phone center here. We're all leaving. They said, if you want to come and grab your stuff or take anything, feel free. But we're working at home. Yeah. Women in the workplace are apparently assessing their career goals against a number of benchmarks, including job flexibility, salary, and whether a workplace has a vaccine mandate. According to a survey of more than 2,000 workers, about 4 in 10 women say they are experiencing burnout, while one-third say their income is not enough to pay for their family expenses. Number three, former pirate Charlie Morton continues to be great, as do countless major league ballplayers after they leave the Pirates. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, Charlie took a smash to his right shin in the second inning of the first game of last night's World Series. And though he would remain in the game to obtain three more outs, he was later found to have fractured his fibula, which also means he broke his leg. Mm -hmm. But he continued to pitch with a broken leg. Atlanta quickly announced that Morton will miss the rest of the World Series, but expected to be ready to go by spring training. Another notable from last night. Did you watch it? Uh, No. Me neither. Jorge Soler blasted Framber. Is his first name Framber? Uh, I'm not even watching. Valdez's third pitch of the game deep over the left field fence. It was the first time in World Series history that the first batter of the game homered. Oh, first time ever. First time ever. It's surprising. It's never happened before. Yeah, I think so too. And number four. According to USA Today, the race for the Heisman Trophy has coalesced around five quarterbacks with a legitimate chance at the greatest individual honor in college sports. Bryce Young of Alabama, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, have led the charge since September. Now, there's also Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and Oklahoma true freshman Caleb Williams, noticed on a weekly basis. And then there is, wait for it, Kenny Pickett, who has Pittsburgh on track for an ACC championship. USA Today goes on to say that Pickett made the most of his big opportunity against Clemson by throwing 302 yards, two TDs, no turnovers, and two absolutely pivotal runs. That was not included. That was my insertion. Uh, As they beat Clemson 27-17 which left Pitt as the only ACC Coastal team still unbeaten in conference play. Combine his numbers, says the USA Today, and the Panthers' success to get a pretty solid case for Pickett getting All-America status and postseason hardware. And that is your top four at four. Are you saying that this may be the year that Pitt does not break your heart? I can't even say that out loud said, yeah, because I graduated I graduated from Pitt in 1991 mm. and they've broken my heart pretty much every year. Yeah. Since then. 
which but is there a is lot light of ears and a lot of hearts. He he is a, he is just a great player. I love watching him, and I love the fact that he, you know, against a lot of advice, decided to come back for a senior year. Yeah, we thank Peyton Manning for that. He's helped himself tremendously by and doing Peyton so. Peyton Manning's helped him, and actually, but you know what? I was thinking the other day. Hmm. Everybody's, of course, giving Peyton Manning a lot of you know props for saying, "Hey, you encourage Kenny Pickett to do the right thing," but Kenny Pickett didn't have to listen to him. There are a lot of people that would just be like, "Well, you know what? This is my time, and I need to get into the pros and start making money." And he could have said, "Sorry." Yeah. He was very wise to listen. He was. was he not? Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, go Pitt. I like how he said very nice. Very, yeah. very nice. Go Pitt. Because nice. I love Pitt. Oh, yeah, now, now he's go Pitt. I'm saying I've always you, been go Pitt. You, you've never. Get out of here. I've always been I go Pitt. I gave Pitt. you a chance on Friday. Pitt or Penn State, and you chose your side. And then I said, I love both Pitt mm-hmm. and Penn State. And I said, you can't. And then we watched Penn State lose in nine overtimes. <laughs> I still love both okay. of them. That's how it is. All right. What do uh, puppy training and spiritual habits have in common? Mm, you can't wait to find out. Is that next? Yes, that All is right. next. Pastor Josh Brown will join us about the importance of cultivating consistency and then some. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Turtle. 101.5 WORD. We love our pastors, don't we? Well, here's how you can show them undeniably that you do when you enter the Pastor Appreciation Rest and Relaxation Getaway Giveaway. Enter for your pastor's chance to win a seven-day getaway for two to the Cove in North Carolina. Includes airfare, meals, a $500 Visa gift card, and more. Show your pastor you love and appreciate them for the hard work they do. Enter this and other giveaways at wordfm.com. Confused about Medicare? Let me help you navigate the maze. My name is Tom Yakupin, agency owner at West Penn Life and Health in Washington. My staff and I represent several Medicare health plans that you know and trust, and we've helped many people just like you with caring personal attention. Medicare can be confusing, so now's the time to schedule your meeting with me where you can ask questions and get answers you'll fully understand. Call today and ask for me, Tom Yakupin, at West Penn Life and Health, 724-228-7187. We offer real solutions for life, health, Medicare, and annuities. And we're a member of the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating for a reason. Call West Penn Life and Health right now, 724-228-7187. And ask for me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187. Or find us online at westpenhealth.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Hey! This is DJ Super Save with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code VIEW and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code 
code VIEW to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code VIEW to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code VIEW. So what does puppy training in the early stages and our spiritual life have in common? I'm hoping we're about to find out. All right. Not going to proffer a guess at all. And well, like, I mean, I've never had a puppy. Cut. Oh, that's right. You've never, yeah, had, I've a never had a puppy. But I can imagine that a lot of it has to do with establishing boundaries and being consistent. The boundaries. It's just, I guess. All right. Pastor Josh Brown is with us. Pastor Brown is a regular guest on our show. He joins us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? John, Kathy, I'm doing well. It's good to be with you guys once yeah, again. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so is it about boundaries and consistency, Josh? I, consistency was where I was going to head uh, as we talked about it, but I think boundaries are, are certainly a part of it, too. What do you mean, uh, like boundaries? Like, I hope there's not like a rolled-up newspaper in this. Right. No, 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 no. Just so I mean, I heard a little bit of an intro there, but maybe just to set the scene for everybody else here a little bit. Uh, our, our family uh, got a dog not too long ago. Well, we had had a dog for years. She was almost 14 years old. She died earlier this summer, and you know, at that point in the life, she was so much a part of the family. We just didn't we didn't have to think much at all about you know training her. She kind of knew she knew what to do. It was just there. And then with a new, with a new puppy in the last few weeks, it's I'm remembering that oh yeah, there was actually it took a lot to get to that point. That doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. that didn't just happen overnight. That didn't happen without any effort. Didn't happen just accidentally. It took a lot a lot of consistency early on to get her to that point yeah. where she was. And now that we've got this new puppy, where we are remembering that. Um, and as I was having a, a totally separate conversation with somebody just a couple of days ago about about developing just some spiritual disciplines in your life, simple things, things like prayer and Bible reading, um, just focused time with the Lord, just some of the basic things, I was thinking, yeah, you know, there's a lot of overlap there in that those things don't just show up accidentally. They don't just come about overnight. Uh, it's something that you need to be consistent with in the early stages of trying to trying to learn how to do it. Uh, but then it does reach a point where it just becomes natural and it becomes what you do. That's mm-hmm. good. I mean, that's true, Josh. There is a lot of work in training a dog properly, isn't there? Uh, there is, yeah. I mean, in, in, in the down the downside of it is if you don't do it, you know, or if you're in the process of, of course, that dog's going to do his business in your house. And that's a great motivator, isn't it? Uh, it is for everybody, yeah. <laughs> you're right. There's some, there's some real incentive to make sure that you can get these things uh, handled well. But uh, yeah, it, it it it's these are simple ideas. I understand that, but it had been such a long time since we had uh, my family and I had had done that. It's you kind of just forget that. As I, as I mentioned, our our other dog was almost 14 years old, so we just thought uh, she just knows what to do. You don't have to tell her hardly anything. She she knows the family rhythms and routines even better than we do almost at that point. Yeah. Um, and the new little guy that we have doesn't know anything. So it's, you know, I can't just walk in one day and just say, sit and figure out that he's even going to know what I'm talking about at all, let alone how to respond to that, let alone just by doing it once, assuming that he's good for the rest of his life. You just have to, you have to work at it. You have to make sure you're intentional with it. You have to be deliberate. You have to be very consistent. That's the big thing. 
Um, we've been talking with my sons about it and said, you know, a big thing is consistency. When we are, if, if the family here is trying to work with him, we need to make sure we're using the same words, the same commands, you know, just needs to be very consistent because that's how, that's how you learn. Right. And simple's better, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely it is. And as I said, a conversation then, which may have seemed unrelated at first, kind of at least it linked up in my mind. I was talking with somebody just about developing some of those uh, spiritual practices. As I said, things like maybe just maybe just daily prayer in the morning or some scripture reading or things. And and I, I offered him some very very similar counsel in saying, look, it, if it doesn't come natural, if it's not your just habit at this particular point, that's okay. Um, just be consistent with it, and it's not going to take shape overnight. But if you are intentional about it as you do it, it does become something that just gets a little more ingrained in, in just your own rhythms and, and routines of life. And I, I think that, I mean, there's certainly a lot of places you can point to in Scripture for that. One of the places I think that came to mind for me was in Acts chapter 2. Um, it's a very famous passage. I'm sure you and many of your listeners know it well. Right after Pentecost, there's a description then of the early church, and, and people often hold up that little description to as a, this kind of ideal of what the church should be or, or look like. What what I notice in there is, though, that there is that element of intentional consistency. Um, for example, in Acts, this is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following, it, it says that they devoted themselves mm-hmm. to these things, and then after that it says day by day they were doing them. So to me, that that's speaking of intentional consistency. Hmm. Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh. Um, Josh, one thing I notice about the passage, and when I put myself in like the uh, position of the puppy, and you know my frustrations over the years with reading and prayer and just general spiritual disciplines, um, the thing that makes that helps them to make sense for me is when they're in the context of community, um, mm-hmm. and so I think. It, Different people are different. A lot of it has to do with personality. Um, you know, my husband is has, is unbelievably disciplined. And so he gets up and does, you know, before it's five in the morning, he's done his his yoga and his whole workout and his devotions. Yeah. Before, you know, and I, I'm still turning Stop over, it. right? Yeah, it's just really discouraging. So we all have to come at it differently. But I do think, at least from what we're reading here in Acts 2 and my own experience, that our spiritual disciplines tend to make a lot of sense when we do share them in some ways in a community of believers. What do you say about that? I, I think that's spot on, Kathy. You're right. It, it, everything in there is written in the plural, and it's talking about the community there. They devoted themselves to these things, and some of the things they devoted themselves to, it says, was simply just uh, breaking bread, that is sharing meals in one another's homes and just being together. Um, so there are the things we would think of more like prayer and worship and those things, but it also just says they were just they were together. Um, and there, are, I understand there are all kinds of challenges to us doing that in our particular moment right now. Um, but yeah, doing it together, I think, is a part of it, and being intentional and being consistent. It's certainly, if it's a new thing, this is this is a new thing. I mean, this was these were the first believers after Jesus' resurrection and ascension and the sending of the Spirit at Pentecost. So they were they were all learning new patterns and rhythms of life. Right. I can't imagine what that would be like in the early days. Let's all pray together. And what did that sound like as people were grappling with the idea of prayer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, on that particular front, I mean, especially the, the folks who would have been coming out of a Jewish background, that would, that would not have been a new thing to them. I mean, daily prayer, even multiple times a day prayer, was something that they had engaged in. There was a new focus to it. There was a new way that they were understanding it, for sure. So some of the stuff would translate, but you're right, a lot of it would be new. 
And I mean, for your for, for the perceptive listeners out there, and I know you have a lot of them, there's an obvious point where the whole puppy analogy breaks down very critically in that we're not engaging in things like prayer or uh, Bible reading or anything like that to get a treat from God and a you know pat on the head and a good boy. That's sure. not that is that's obviously where the analogy totally breaks down. That's not why we're doing these things to try to get a reward. Um, but because of what God has done for us, these are just the ways that we uh, grow in our relationship with Him. And the intentional consistency, I think, is the that's the point where the analogy holds up. <laughs> Maybe the rest of it falls yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. No, it because does. when you think about the you know the intentionality of being at Sunday worship or Wednesday yeah. worship or yeah. Bible study or Sunday school. Showing or, up, as someone said, you know, years ago, some very smart person. Showing up is like you know ninety percent of the gig. Right. It is, yeah. And uh, Eugene Peterson made made famous a phrase uh, that it, mm. it actually the phrase that came long from obedience. Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the long obedience in the same direction. And he he made that phrase famous through a little book that he wrote on the Psalms of Ascent, which is a great little thing. And that's a wonderful way to think of it. It's a long obedience in the same direction. It's not an instant overnight thing. Kathy, your husband, I'm sure that he he, he probably didn't start that routine once, and then no. it instantly took hold in his life. No, no, no. Um, but then after, but interesting, just like you're saying, and again, I'm going back to the puppy analogy. Once it's established, it's very hard to break. It seems unnatural to break it. You know, yeah. and that's what's so healthy about establishing good patterns mm-hmm. and why it's so yeah. hard for us, of course, when we're in when we have, you know, cyclically uh, negative patterns in our lives is they're very hard to break because we're we're just, you know, people of habit. Back again, back again. But also going back to the Bible reading thing, uh, Josh, I, I feel like also, um, you know, in the past, you know, g- just opening doing the um I'm going to study my Bible by letting the Holy Spirit just, I'm going to let it open to a spot, and then I'll just read <laughs> let it. Let your fingers right. do the walking. Or, or, or not, yep. let the Holy Spirit do the walking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit wouldn't work that way. Of course, I'm not presumptuous in that way. However, I do think that coming um, at the Scriptures in some kind of uh, regular or you know, a strategic approach, you know, I'm going to read mm-hmm. this book. Uh, or I'm yeah. going to study this subject through this study in this way. I really think you have a much better chance of consistent success that way. I think you do. Have, having a plan is, is not ever a bad thing. And on uh, another thing, maybe related to that, is you know changing it up from time to time mm, can also be yeah. can also be a kind of a stimulating thing. I, yeah. I I also I had another conversation with a guy just the other day who's been a pastor for over 35 years. He's getting close to retiring, and he told me that just in the last year was for him the first time that he sat down and did like a chronological Bible reading over the course of a year. I mean, he'd probably read his Bible, I don't even know how many times, and, you know, some sections of it countless times. But he he said that he had never done one of those chronological plans straight through. And for him, he said, I noticed all kinds of things in there that I just hadn't noticed before. For as many times as I've read, uh, I don't know, the book of Exodus or whatever, I just noticed some things that were different. And that to me was interesting, just changing the way you go about it a little bit, because it, it, there's a difference, there's a, maybe a fine difference sometimes between a, a rhythm and a rut. And uh, maybe just changing it a little bit can give us a little spark or just a little different angle that That's can be good. helpful. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the spark of the angle. I mean, sure, a, a, why not? A good friend of ours, um, he is really 
persistent and consistent with his Bible memorization. And, you know, there's something about that. When you memorize something, whether it's, you know, the Gettysburg Address when you're in fifth grade um, and you retain that and you put that in your mind and you repeat those same phrases again and again and again and again and again over, you know, weeks, months, years, decades, it can't help but not change the, you know, the way you look at things, the way you feel about things, the internal aspect of the things that you've memorized. It, that's exactly it, I think. And there's so much depth to Scripture to keep talking about Bible reading and Scripture. There's so much depth to it anyways that you're never going to exhaust it, first of all. And and just finding a little different angle on something. Another simple way to do it, um, I'm, I'm working with a group of people right now who are just doing a little study of the New Testament. And I suggested, hey, one, one, here's just a little simple, kind of a fun thing almost. When you sit down and read the book of Acts, say you get to chapter 16 and it talks about Paul being in Philippi. Stop, and then read his letter to the Philippians, and maybe, you know, make some connections there. Then you read a little further, and in chapters 19 and 20, he's with, with the elders in Ephesus. Go ahead and stop and read the letter to the Ephesians. It just, it just, maybe it just makes something sound a little different, and you kind of hear it in a different way. You think, oh, those aren't just abstract letters he was writing those to particular people, and that was the context. So, yeah, sometimes just little changes can be a really helpful thing, but being consistent in the broader picture and intentional in the broader picture is going to bear a lot of fruit over That's time. That's really good. I really like that idea. I also started, and this is something that I'm sure comes second nature to people who are pastors, but for lay people, I've been reading through the book of Luke, and one of the things I committed to when I started is that I would, you know, as I'm reading along, um, when I pick up, you say I get up in the morning and I pick up my reading, I make sure that I read where I was before. Because one of the things that if you don't, if you're not a pastor and you're not preaching through passages, you tend to, at least I shouldn't speak for the average person. I tend to remember stories as standalone events instead of right. looking at them in context of what, what was Jesus just doing? Right. Where was yep. he just, where, what was just happening? And that really changes how you, I mean, that's how. You read a regular book. Or you watch something. Right? I mean, you go to you, your Netflix right. and you go back, you know, a few scenes. To figure out what happened before. Flow. So it's weird. Yeah, you, you, get, you, get the pre, you get the previously right. on right at the beginning right. of your right. show. But it's, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird, though, that we approach the Bible differently? We look at it maybe because we're deep in, like, devotional culture or something. We think, well, I'm just going to read this passage and it's going to be really meaningful instead of reading it like you'd read any other book. Yeah. there's enough For me, one thing that I noticed a few years ago— um, there are a couple of different translations that put out what they call readers' Bibles. I know the ESV has one, oh, yeah. and they take out they take out the chapter and mm-hmm. verse markings in there. Now, chapter and verse markings are, I, I think, first of all, I think a lot of people know this. Those those were put in years and years and years and years later, centuries later, to to help you be able to locate passages quickly and easily. And that's a good thing. Um, but but they weren't in there originally. And even something like a couple years ago was the first time for me I sat down and read, and you talk about the Gospels, I sat down and read the Gospels with none of the chapter and verse markings in there. And you're right, it, it was just remarkable. It was like, this just reads more like a, you know, my eye isn't getting distracted by all these things. There's just a flow to it. You kind of just, it's not the words aren't any different. Um, there's the same translation I've been reading for years, but you, you kind of just, there's a different sense to to it. And uh, even those little things, yeah, can be helpful. But uh, the broader picture, again, is being intentional, being consistent with what you're doing in the broader level is, is what I think is a really helpful practice. That's good. Josh, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a good day today. You as well. Pastor Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Sunday worship at 1030. And 5. 
Take a quick break. Come back. Guys and their dogs and dating apps. I don't know. Attention Americans 65 and older. The Medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 has begun. This is the only time to change your Medicare Advantage plan for a whole year. And Smart Match Insurance is here to help. Do you currently have a copay? What about a high deductible? Do you pay extra for dental and vision? Are your out-of-pocket expenses just too high? If you answered yes to any of these, you should call Smart Match. Smart Match is like having a personal Medicare consultant who can help you find plans which include $0 copays, $0 deductibles, even $0 premiums, plus dental and vision coverage for no additional cost. Having the wrong Medicare plan can cost you thousands. Smart Match makes it easy to find the right one with their free, smart, and unbiased help. If you find a plan you like, they can even enroll you on the spot. The Medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 and soon. The service is free with no obligation, so call Smart Match today. Call 800 871 1592. That's 800 871 1592. 800 871 1592. Do you know how much you're really paying for life insurance through work? I can almost guarantee you're overpaying for limited coverage. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent for over 20 years. My clients are shocked to learn how expensive life insurance at work really is because of a rate that's driven up by unhealthy people. Why pay more when you don't have to? For over 35 years, SelectQuote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. I even found a 40-year-old man with high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Don't wait. Workplace Open Enrollment is here. Let SelectQuote save you money and get you the coverage you need to protect your family. For your free quote in just minutes, call 1-800-659-8080. That's 1-800-659-8080. 1-800-659-8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policy and carrier ratings at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Mostly cloudy skies expected for tonight and tomorrow. Tonight's low 41, tomorrow's high 64. Tomorrow night will be cloudy with rain overspreading the area late. We'll see a low of 51. For Friday, as we wrap up the week, it will be breezy and cooler with occasional rain. Expect a high Friday of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Dogs are important. Very much so. I believe cats are important as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Since I have two, <laughs> Gus and Char, who are listening to the program right now, sure. <laughs> They're on the ride home. Um, 
uh, our producer Christy uh, has a dog. Could be one of the cutest dogs I've ever seen in the entirety of my life. Milo, Christy, would you like to speak adoringly of him? I mean, he's just the cutest little mini, mini dachshund ever. He's like <laughs> so, and he he needs clothes. Mm, he, does. he does. And I taught him how to give me a high five, <laughs> and he's just the cutest thing. Of course, he is. All right, so Christy, uh, if you were by chance looking at a dating app, like if you would do that, I, you know, in I my mean, free time, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, let's just put it in the theoretical. Well, let's hope it's not doing the ride home. However. Mm-hmm. If you were and you saw a guy with a dog in his, you know, photo, you think, oh, what would you think? It depends on the dog. <gasps> I didn't think about the. Yeah, that was a variable. What? So, like, I don't want a big, big dog. You know, I'm. You know, if Milo, you know, I don't want. He's so small. Oh wait, so if a guy's posing with his Great Dane, it's a no go. I would think because wouldn't you think Milo would get hurt? Maybe, maybe not. Depends upon the vibe, or the the attitude, or. The demeanor of the dog. I mean, Great Danes can be very gentle. Yeah, Christy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a dog expert. <laughs> right. However, we saw something in the uh, New York Post. Men with dogs in their dating apps, their pictures, are more likely to, quote, settle down. Mm, this is new research, Christy. Pay attention, please. I'm listening. Yeah. Conducted by Professor Marianne Fisher. You know what kind of job she has? Hmm. She's an evolutionary psychologist. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that means. From St. Mary's University in Canada. But she analyzed 750 dating profiles from both men and women, asking the respondents if they were looking for long-term relationships or just a short-term fling. For men who were searching for something serious, an average of 8 in 10 had a dating app photo which featured their dog. Really? Mm-hmm. Eight and ten? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that kind of makes sense in a way, doesn't it? You're taking care of a dog, you think? Yeah, you 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 know what long-term commitment looks like. Let's hope so, right? Mm-hmm. And like our our pastor, Josh, he's all about training the dog to make sure that there's, you know, things are in order. Which, believe me, those things should be in order. Hopefully. Dr. Fisher believes the puppy picks subconsciously signal to single women that a man is trustworthy. And responsible. Okay, now we're gonna, you're going to start a run on guys who are going to go out and like borrow their buddy's dog. Maybe. Right? I just am trying to be honest about the research findings. Christy, does that change your perspective on any of your dating apps? Uh, probably not. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. There you heard it from Christy yourself. What if Milo didn't like a date that you had? Has Milo actively disliked somebody? You, we haven't had a lot of people over because COVID, right? I mean, I've had some people over. He's never dis. He's like disliked dogs in the neighborhood. But he's not a bitten at somebody. No. He likes most people. Okay. All right, very nice. But if Milo doesn't like somebody, I do believe he's out. I would, yeah, of course. He should be out. He's out. Dogs have that sense, do they not? Okay. All right, our next guest, Ann Kennedy. Ann Kennedy complains about things. I can't wait. It's next. All right. It's a Wednesday edition. 101.5 WORD. What was it like to walk with Jesus? This week on Through the Bible, we get a glimpse. Picture yourself in the crowd as he teaches on grassy hillsides or maybe imagine the look on a woman's face as Jesus heals her or watches Jesus steps off a boat and walks on water. That's all ahead, so hop aboard. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Should I refinance or should I just ignore all these annoying commercials? Here's Uncle Ryan.
I think of one friend in particular, he refinanced maybe three or four years ago. He got a very good interest rate at the time. And he's like, should I do it again? I don't want to be bothered with the hassle. And I looked into it. He originally three or four years ago did a 30 year loan. And with rates coming down over the last couple of years, we actually ended up putting him into a 20 year term. He cut about six or seven years off his mortgage and his payments stayed identical. Over the long haul, he's saving tens of thousands of dollars. And is it worth it? The answer is every single situation is different. So it's definitely worth it to look into, even if you have refinanced recently. Not only that, it might only take you personally an hour or two worth of work throughout the entire process. And we handle everything else. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Tune in to Word FM this Thursday from 2.30 to 3 to hear our newest program, Kingdom Business. Brought to you by the Ministry of CLC, Christ-led communities of Pittsburgh. Each week, host Mike Hatch highlights local Pittsburgh business leaders and entrepreneurs who are making a redemptive impact in the marketplace for the sake of God's kingdom. Tune in to Kingdom Business tomorrow and every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 and find inspiration to be an ambassador for Christ through enterprise here on 101.5 FM WORD. I'm the, uh, the sixth of seven kids. And I remember being a kid and, you know, you had to be very careful how you said things in the house because <laughs> there were a lot of years. But I'd say, Mom, I need a new pair of tennis shoes. And that would just roll right off her, you know. It wouldn't be like, oh, let's, you know, we'll do that this Friday on payday or something like that. She'd go, well, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, yeah, my birthday's like five months away. Christmas just passed. And that was a standard, right? Oh, a standard reply. Oh, always. Because there was never like, you know, there were seven kids. No one's getting like, you know, sort of like a surprise, (laughs) surprise (laughs) gift. Here's a surprise gift. Get outside and do some work. Ann Kennedy's with us and is a regular guest on our show. She's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. She herself, I'm sure, like my mom, she puts things in order in that house. She's got a house full of kids. Hey, Ann. How you doing? Hey. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. You know anything you about... shoes on? Yeah. we I have shoes. We, yeah. Not my his, birthday either. His shoes. He keeps bugging me now. You know, now that he's off on his own, he says, hey, Kath, I could really use some new shoes. Yeah, wait till your birthday. Yeah, I said your birthday's coming up. Anyway, uh, exactly. and so you've got a, a small menagerie of children uh, your, yourself, six of them, and um, you were complaining about several things in your Friday post. Uh, one of them was trying to keep the haircuts 
uh, going with all of you, especially during COVID. Um, are you still not venturing out into a, a barbershop or salon, or is that something you don't do because you feel competent yourself? Well, I've always cut everyone's hair but my own. Like COVID, COVID was great because my kids, kids were the only people with haircuts because <laughs> I'd already been doing it. So that was fine. Uh, only I added in. Well, and I've always cut my husband's hair, um, but I I have tried really hard over the years not to cut my own hair. And COVID, you know, basically now I have long hair, <laughs> so that's bad. I would never I finally- cut. I would never cut anybody's hair. What, never. My wife cuts our hair. I know. I I just have no capacity I mean, I love, for that. I love cutting hair. I just, I took to it naturally. Mm. I started cutting my infant's hair when she was, you know, she was born with a head of hair and I just would snip at it. And then I just kept going. I watched YouTube videos. And so I've, I have never, with, without any training, I'm able to give people whom I love and know already haircuts. Really? I don't go around giving haircuts to people I don't know. Right. So like if John and I don't and, accept money. If John and I drove up, like you probably wouldn't want to do that for us. No. Oh, oh, that's not going to happen because I once said to my wife, I think I'm going to go, you know, to the barber. She gave me a look like I was going out having a gin and tonic on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not happening in our house. You know, that's like sort of that's, like it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, I I can cut it. Yeah, I save my family hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year by cutting everybody's hair myself. Yeah. Because I'm able to do it. Like, I don't give terrible. My kids don't really look like I cut their hair. Um, if, but, if they did look like that, I would let them get haircuts from real people. But, okay, but so then I'm, you. I'm competent. <laughs> you, you provide a good haircut, but no one, like one of your daughters, hasn't picked up the mantle, so to speak, and said, Mom, let me try to cut your hair. I mean, they have. They say that every time. Oh, let me cut your hair, and I, I so far have said no, thank you, every single time because they <laughs> are all really spacey. So I've paid for my own. And all, with all the money I've saved, I've paid for my own haircut. But then it's been hard for me to find somebody to cut my hair in the wake of COVID. Um, the person who was doing it moved away, so oh. I did. I was cutting everybody else's hair, so I did take the scissors to my own. And I think it's okay, but it was a moment of, like, what's that called? Where you probably shouldn't do it, but you're doing it anyway. But you write, you, well, be like I, I a believe long you. German word for that. I believe you yourself <laughs> call that the dismal feeling of drab desperation. I think that's what's in your Friday. Oh piece. yeah, that's what it was. Yes. The dismal that's feeling right. of drab desperation. Uh, not to quote the author yes. to the author, but I think I have that's to. No. One time, my wife was cutting I, my hair, and she, uh, she, she put the clippers sometimes she used the clippers and she just started and put the clippers to my head and then she was standing behind me and she said oh which is what you oh, no. do not want to hear oh because <laughs> there's no going back when there's you're no cutting. going back she kept like this gigantic chunk out of my head so i was like <laughs> cut it all off just cut it all off and there i walked around like a little and, and just, cue ball and, and just be done with it exactly oh and kennedy's For with us she yes. blogs uh daily at preventing grace uh dot com which is uh, in the pathios uh section of the internet is that the way to say it the pathios section of the internet <laughs> maybe uh, and ra- you're rounding out the birthday season apparently your fifth child is about to be 12 years old wow. um and so today oh today. T- happy birthday I'm, she's 12 today yeah and she's uh we had to celebrate on sunday because we're not there with her so um 
Yeah, that's great. It's just another way to fail at being a mother is to not be there. <laughs> oh, there's a story there, but we don't. Do we want to go into for that? the birthday? Okay, so no, she, she's, you don't want to hear it. She's 12 years old. I would like to, see, as a mother who perpetually fails, I would like to hear the story. No, no, no. No, yes, we'll I would. Skip right by nope, that. we're going right to it. Um, so, <laughs> and how do you, how do you like reconcile in your head moments when you feel like you should be there, but with the being the mother of six kids, you can't always. Well, it, it the main way that you reconcile it is by just having one kid that you fail all the time. <laughs> so you don't fail all six. You just pick out one, and you're just never there for her yeah. birthday. Right. Yeah. Um, and that way, it's just limited. It keeps it keeps everything, you know, boundaries are right. important. So The one child's kind of like the scab that you keep on picking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It saves on, uh, I'm sure, yeah. therapy bills later on in life for the, all the rest of them. Right. Well, just you just have hers, and then everybody can contribute right. and share. That poor share. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so tragic. We, we did celebrate. She's getting two celebrations, and we felt guilty, so we probably end up buying her more stuff. Like, we did buy her shoes. I, In fact, I don't buy shoes unless it's your birthday, but sometimes when it's your birthday, I also don't buy you shoes, even though you've asked repeatedly, because it's so hard to find shoes. They're not being delivered from, you know, off those trucks that are stuck in California. Like there are no shoes in this country to buy for all my children. So, I but I heard did. about I this. You know, I didn't know about this uh, shoe shortage, shoe shortage. Uh, which is a hard thing to say, um, until a friend of mine, a friend of ours, posted online the other night. He went out to buy shoes. Did you see this post? No. And he was going, like, from this store to this store, to this store, looking for shoes for himself. And, like, the shelves were nearly empty. No kidding, really. Yeah, I mean, this season, well, so Payless went out went out of business a few, like, recently, right. maybe right before COVID. And that's where I borrow my shoes for, you know, as long as I've had children. And so I have been wandering up and down both the Internet and in real life, like, looking for shoes for the last several years. And it's, I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Some of my children, they do have shoes on their feet, but it's like it's like we're in the Great Depression. I really? guess I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, they look ridiculous, like shoes too small, shoes too big. They don't match anything. It's weird. And I wasn't good at it before, but now um, you said you did say you wanted me to complain. Right? I did. Because yeah, I could go sure, on about this, this for, like, another 15 minutes. But, I yeah, I have a lot of uh, some emotion about this issue. Because uh, I was failing already, and now somebody out there is helping me to fail more. <laughs> Good. And f- winter's coming. So now that means not only shoes, but boots on top of shoes. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like somebody somebody needs to go to wherever the, they're keeping all these shoes and just beg for the shoes to be delivered so that America American children can have shoes again. <laughs> That'll be like, that's. I'll vote for whoever that is. Right. When they do show up, you'll go, hey, what a selection. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah for like years' worth of shoes. <laughs> yeah, wow, I had no idea. Or flip-flops. I mean, it's always you can always wear flip-flops. And Kennedy's the author yeah. of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn-Out People. And based on this conversation, she's a little of both. Well, she deserves, I mean, look at, she's got a lot to handle there. There's a, she lives in upstate New York. She mothers six children. She lives with her husband, an Anglican priest. And you married well, Anne. You know, in our last minute and a half, maybe we should, you know, seem optimistic and hopeful just look at the wonderful spouse you have and the wonderful beautiful home you have and your terrific cats 
I I do. I have a great life, and uh, I do have some lovely cats, and my husband is really great too. I mean, not that they're on the same plane. level of emotional plane, but um, my husband and I are about to go and do a retreat, and we've been invited. I love this so much to it to talk. This retreat is about failure. And we are really delighted that somehow, like, everyone knew that it should be us that covered this this topic. So that's great. Uh, it's it's wonder like we're we're it's, we were born for such a time as this. <laughs> so you don't have a whole like have to worry about like a lot of show prep. No, no, we're just going to show up. <laughs> and see who we really are. Right in your homemade haircuts and maybe bad shoes. That's good. Here's some family photos. Yeah. Right? Yes. I, I like the whole thing. Anne, we love you. Take care. We do, Anne. You're the best. Love you, too. Thank you. Our pleasure. Anne Kennedy's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. There really isn't another book like it. No, there isn't. And I'm telling you, she's a great read, and she blogs almost daily funny. at the Pathios website. Uh, just really excellent. Anne Kennedy. Uh, take a quick break. Come back. When we do come back. Third anniversary of Tree of Life shooting today. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. And Mike has a great offer for word listeners on his standard MyPillows. You'll receive a standard MyPillow regularly $69.98, now only $19.98. You'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. MyPillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. As America changes in an era of crisis, the mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to saturate the streets with the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting to reach every home with the gospel. At SaturateUSA.org, churches can adopt a zip code and receive free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Join the movement at SaturateUSA.org. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. 
coming to Pittsburgh November 4th. The Crowder Milk and Honey Tour. Good God Six Steps Records presents the Milk and Honey Tour featuring Sean Currents. Thursday, November 4th, 8 p.m. at Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder in concert. Tickets and info at druskyentertainment.com. Presented by Drusky Entertainment. Members of the Pittsburgh community gathered at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill Wednesday morning to remember the 11 people who were killed three years ago today. Families of the victims embraced after a moment of silence outside the entrance. The names of the deceased were read and um, people prayed and stopped and commemorated this day three years, shockingly, after this heartbreak is still on the city of Pittsburgh. I hope it's a comfort to the families to know that the rest of the world hasn't forgotten either. I mean, I know, I remember when we talked to um, one of our guests on 9-11 this year. I asked her what the 20th anniversary of 9-11 meant to her. And she said, well, it doesn't mean anything to me. It means something to everybody else. But for those of us that were there, 9-11 is every day. Hmm. I'm sure it's the same with the families who lost loved ones in the Tree of Life. Is That's that right. it doesn't seem like three years. It just, it's every day. Right. It's another day. Couple things about this day. Of course, it's one of those days where, as a Pittsburgher, you remember the day. It's one of those. I was here when I first heard it. You could. It was unbelievable to think that happened in a place. You know, for me, living in the East End, you go by all the time, thousands of times. Shockingly, still, and in some ways, a comfort that I do. I see the the fencing up around mm-hmm. the Tree of Life. And I'm glad that it's still there. When it comes down, whenever that day comes, I don't know how long that will be, years perhaps, it will change the dynamic. And I really despise local print coverage or local news coverage where they continue to show the shooter's face. And give his name. I'm so sick of that. that. I know. Don't do that. It's such an insult to everyone. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deserve it. And that... The snail's pace of justice in this country where three years after this mass murder, there's not even a trial on the dockets that it's ready to – because we're just so careful with this man's feelings and intentions and making sure that we do right by the judicial process. I mean, that's – it's an insult. I mean, I get a, a fair trial, but it should be a fair and speedy trial. Clearly, the man is guilty. I mean, there's no doubt about that in anyone's Mm -hmm. mind. I mean, he was shot and crawling out of the synagogue, and then he made anti-Semitic remarks. So what more do we need? But we're going to spend all this time and all this money. I don't want the man put to death. At the same time, I think for, especially for the families, and of course, there's never closure for anyone. But this just feels wrong. We continue. In some ways, you're held hostage to the proceedings. Right. Which is what the family didn't want. The families didn't want that. No. But that's what's happening. So again, as you say, Kath, it's just another day. But at the same time, for those of us not directly, intimately connected, it is a day of remembrance and a day of prayer. And a day of thanks as well to be here in this great city 
and to see Pittsburgh respond the way it has. That was a very good moment in our city's life, as much as the tragedy encapsulated a horrible moment. We'll take a quick break. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk about beauty being desire made manifest. And also for young adults, how can they do holidays this year on a budget? They all got to back off because those trucks from Amazon, they might not come when you think they're coming. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin is pushing back against plans by some in his party to impose a heavy new tax on billionaires. Manchin, who finds himself in something of a partisan no-man's land these days, once again finds himself countering a leftist move within his own party. This time to try and raise the trillions of dollars Democrats want to spend on their wide-sweeping agenda. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Democrat Ron Wyden would impose that tax on billionaires and anybody earning more than $100 million for three consecutive years. Manchin says he doesn't like the idea of targeting certain Americans, the ultra-wealthy in his words, bring a lot of jobs, invest a lot of money, and give a lot to philanthropic causes. Bob Agner reporting. Another California county has closed down an in-and-out restaurant because the burger chain refuses to enforce COVID-19 vaccination rules. Contra Costa County indefinitely shut down the Pleasant Hill restaurant for not checking for vaccination cards. This is SRN News. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. 
QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu. And the only way to reliably detect fever is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Mostly cloudy skies expected for tonight and tomorrow. Tonight's low 41, tomorrow's high 64. Tomorrow night will be cloudy with rain overspreading the area late. We'll see a low of 51. For Friday, as we wrap up the week, it will be breezy and cooler with occasional rain. Expect a high Friday of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. For over a year, we broadcast this show from our homes. I was in my spare room. I was in my spare room. And our producer at that time, New Mike, was here in the station, keeping the trains running on time. Now, during that time... Uh, you know, a lot of things change, like all of us who worked at home. You know, you just get into different patterns and you develop different, you know, workspaces and whatever. Wait, just one more sidebar. Do you go back to that workspace? I was just in it last night. I don't want to go back to that. I well, I, I try to avoid it at all costs. I The room has been totally changed around. I don't like in it. In our house. So it's just totally different. Everything's gone. All right. Good. Absolutely everything is gone. Mine's pretty much the same. But I, I look at it and go, oh. I don't want to get into that again. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. One of the biggest things that changed in me, other than having to commute to work, because we were doing the same work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of that was very similar for Still us. Still very we, busy. We were fortunate in that way. But one of the things that was very different is what I was wearing. Now, for an entire, and I mean this, for almost an entire year, I never wore anything but sweatpants. Really? What? Yeah. For a full year, I didn't. Pretty know Pretty much. That. I mean, until I started, because we were obviously working from home. Yeah. If I went out anywhere, who cares? You wore sweatpants outside. Sure. Really? Well, you don't have to be judgy. I'm being vulnerable. It's a sensitive time for me. Okay. Well, here's just my quick sidebar. I'm doing PT, you know, because I had that little wreck. Mm-hmm. IDG Communications. Mary, sure. Um, and anyway, the only time I've ever worn sweatpants out is when I'm doing PT. Okay. Were well, you proud of that? Well, it freaks me out that so many people are wearing sweats out. Like, I grew up in an era where, like, sweatpants were, like, for gym class. And now they're, like, fashionistas. 
Well, I I was not being a fashionista when I was wearing the uh, Christy. Do you wear sweatpants out? Um, maybe like joggers, but not sweatpants. Mm-hmm. What are joggers? Same, Same thing. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I would use that as an umbrella term. Yoga pants. Yes. Or something like that. I I was not wearing jeans or actual pants for a year. <laughs> really? Yes. I had no idea. I'm doing the show with you, and you're wearing. Sw- that changes the nature of things in some <laughs> I weird just, way. I, I, mean, I got to be honest. Your response is disheartening. Well, I was wearing a suit and tie. You get out of here. Okay, just Stop kidding. It. Just kidding. I was okay. not, but you know what I'm saying. I am not alone in what I'm saying because there's an article in CBC today saying that the number of stores selling fashion-forward comfort clothing. What does that mean, fashion-forward? Yeah, is expanding like an elasticated waistband. Oh, no. Uh-huh. When millions of office dwellers moved en masse to work from home in the early stages of the pandemic, it sparked a change in fashion trends, too, since people no longer needed the same clothes for the same activities they were used to. Men, who typically wore the classic suit and tie to the office, found themselves putting those Oxford shirts and three pieces to the back of the closet and grabbing something less staid. And women who'd normally dressed to impress with a blouse and slacks or pencil skirt, were now donning something more comfortable while on the job. And that forced clothing retailers to change what they do, too. Anyway, so it talks about all of these different, you know, couture companies that are only doing comfortable pants. No kidding. Couture? Uh Uh-huh. Comfortable pants. Couture? Comfortable pants. Exactly. I mean, the two just don't make any sense at all. Well, that's because you're not paying attention, apparently, because it's a big deal okay now wait now so I, I feel as though i've changed i mean now every day i'm wearing you know jeans pretty much uh i i used I mean, to i wear jeans every day too i feel like i'm dressed up yeah, but i used to wear to what i was doing this time last year well, i used to wear dress pants to work yeah well, you know so and dress shirts mm-hmm. heck the guy down the hall wears his he wears sweatpants i mean he wears run uh, jogging shorts not shorts. Well, whatever they are. Well, you know what I'm saying. Right. A track Jog, suit. A track suit. That's what he's wearing. A track suit. I mean, clearly he's not like, you know, an athlete. I mean, and our boss here in the corner office, he's wearing ties and, and pocket, squares. pocket squares. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about couture. Okay, so here's my question. So do we feel like we're less dressed up than we were before COVID? 100%. Christy? Uh, not really. You're okay, so you're pretty same. much the same. Yeah. Well, you're, okay. look, you're wearing a cardigan sweater. You get a sweatshirt on, or is that a... T- no, it's a, it's a cardigan, a, a nice T-shirt. Nice mm-hmm. T-shirt. And jeans. Mm-hmm. And, and boots. And they're funny. And boots. Yeah. yeah. I have nice T-shirts mm-hmm. that I wouldn't wear. Like a nice, t- yeah. nice T-shirt for a girl is different than a nice T-shirt for a guy. What do you mean? There's like no sweat stains. Well, I'm not... <laughs> I'm just... I'm just saying. Okay, so anyway, I think it's interesting. It is an across-the-board change in the kinds of clothes people are buying now than what they were buying before COVID. I mean, couture. Look, I mean, I don't know anybody who buys couture, right? Right. I mean, I, that's like off like the that's, charts. Right. I mean, that's like somebody you know in a different zip code. Right. But couture, comfort, relaxed comfort. Yep. How, I mean, because people but, aren't people can't be inside. For a year and not change. But see, that doesn't and make so any one, sense. And so one of the things about being inside is you get used to certain things and you think, why did I do the other thing? And so the big thing, for, according to this article, is comfort. People are saying, why was I uncomfortable in those clothes for that long? But couture is like the ultimate of high fashion. And people are still want to be fashionable, well, make... but they want to be fashionable in a comfortable way. I would like to see... Couture sweatpants. Well, of course, you could look at the Wall Street Journal. 
That doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Fashion page, which we've done a lot, and you're going to see comfortable things. As opposed to pencil skirts and heels and a lot of things that especially women used to wear right. a year and a I half ago. I guess so, yeah. I mean, women always bear the burden of fashion. No kidding. We bear the not? burden of a lot. I guess Look so. at how weighed down Christy and I are. Yeah. I can see it on your faces. The dark creases in your forehead. I can't believe you did. You, what, do you think I was wearing jeans that whole time? You think I was wearing dress pants the whole time I was I, home? I don't know. I mean, I just really didn't consider it. I'm just surprised you were wearing sweatpants. I sure was. Or leggings. Or yoga pants, or but it was always a comfortable hmm. pant. Well, I'm not you know, every single day. I'm not you know tootting you at all. Or, oh, it seems like you. I'm were. not at all. Okay. No, Look, I had a sleeping dog next to me. Okay, <laughs> right. I had Gussie there. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh-huh. uh, so I, wh- who am I to say boo? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be saying boo, right. because you know what? I don't feel badly about it. I feel really good about it. I feel like I've made a change for the better. For the comfortable. Yeah. And I, I got rid of about one third of what I had in my closet. Mm, have you though? Mm-hmm. You got any uh, turtlenecks? Yeah, I have a lot of turtlenecks <laughs> and I machine wash every single one of them. Now look, I... Okay. We talked about this at the beginning of the four o'clock hour for those of you who are just joining us. And John inadvertently confessed that he dry cleans his turtlenecks. I do. Because they're nice turtlenecks. That's <laughs> the most... <laughs> Ridiculous! I can't even believe because you're talking about couture. Who's dry cleaning their turtles? I am. Oh my god! I don't dry clean much, but I, here's the deal: if you're going to dry clean something, you would pick a turtleneck. There, it's a nice turtleneck. I don't want to shrink it. I don't want to get pilling on it or anything like that. Oh my I just. God. That's all I'm saying. Or there's some things you kind of go, that's too nice. I'm not yeah, going to wash it. This is the person who's disappointed in me for wearing sweats <laughs> during COVID. And, and I'm poo-pooing couture sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. Dry clean your turtlenecks. Hit, I have no problem with it. Hit the button for crying out loud. <laughs> hit like, the button. Okay. We come back. We're going to talk about beauty. I can't believe there are dry cleaners that actually would accept the turtleneck. What do you mean? Like they're like. No, they're going to look at you and say, "What is? can't you put this in the washing machine? If I walked in with a burlap sack, they'd be happy to dry clean it, considering the state of dry cleaning in this world. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. God is saying to his people, to his church, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to be blessed beyond measure. And there will be incredible joy in bearing spiritual children. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee. For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together. Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh. Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adams Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Coming to Pittsburgh November 4th, the Crowder Milk and Honey Tour. 
Six Steps Records presents the Milk and Honey Tour featuring Sean Curran. Thursday, November 4th, 8 p.m. at Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder in concert. Tickets and info at druskyentertainment.com. Presented by Drusky Entertainment. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Tune in to Word FM this Thursday from 2.30 to 3 to hear our newest program, Kingdom Business, brought to you by the Ministry of CLC, Christ-led communities of Pittsburgh. Each week, host Mike Hatch highlights local Pittsburgh business leaders and entrepreneurs who are making a redemptive impact in the marketplace for the sake of God's kingdom. Tune in to Kingdom Business tomorrow and every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 and find inspiration to be an ambassador for Christ through enterprise here on 101.5 FM WO. The doctor is in. Dr. Kurt Thompson joins us on a monthly basis. He's got a brand new workout called The Soul of Desire, discovering the neuroscience of longing, beauty, and community. It is brand new. And Dr. Thompson, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Kurt. Um, so this uh, idea of beauty um, is something that, you know, uh, it can seem esoteric. You know, it's something that, you mm-hmm. know, people who have their um, normal daily functions covered, people who don't have to worry about a nine to five job or people that have all the food they need mm-hmm. or people that have the, you know, people who don't have needs. Can what, to appreciate worry. beauty? Yeah. Is that you need to have all your meat. I have a lot of friends who say I'm too busy for beautiful things. What? Yeah. And to be, I, I've like that's for people who have time, for wealthy people right. who can appreciate things like that. It's not for the average person. Um, right. So talk about that first, Kurt, and then I want to ask you about what the process is about being a person who would create such a thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, you're right. I mean, that's that's our that's our go-to argument to defend against it. I don't have time for this. Beauty is a luxury. It's something that we put in museums and we put in places that cost money to go see if we're going to see it, except that when you look at human development, beauty is one of the first things that starts to emerge, although it it emerges in one of the most unexpected places, and that is with children. Now, you see, we don't, we don't think about this right off the, you know, when you think about beauty, like you don't think about children, but like we, when children develop, as we said in our last conversation, they really want to develop because they, they have these desires to be known and to be seen. But before long, you will find that children, and this is universal across cultures, across time, children begin to make stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they make stuff and they bring it to you and they want to show it to you. And when they show it to you, they want you to be excited. The three-year-old brings you their Crayola creation, and they want you to put it on the refrigerator and charge money to the neighbors mm-hmm. to come see it. This is some. This notion to create is not just a matter of creating anything. 
there is a certain sense in which they long for you to look at this and be wowed by this. They want you to see what they see in their having made it. And when we talk about education, what we're really doing is we're getting we're giving kids the opportunity to be curious in order to create in the world in which they have to go and be. Now, we, of course, change all that because we make them anxious about making sure that they get into the right schools and so forth and so on. And it's true that we want them to master material, but we want them to master material on the way to taking that material and building beautiful bridges Mm -hmm. and creating beautiful, elegant math algorithms so that we can run computer programs. Beauty is inherent in everything that we are as human beings developmentally. And this is long before we even talk about Scripture. This is long before any of that. But our anxiety and our trauma and our shame truncates and beats out of us our awareness and longing for beauty. Because at the end of the day, even when you say, yes, look, I don't have time for that. I've got to get a meal on the table. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. If you ask somebody, what kind of a meal do you want to put on the table? You might say, well, I don't know. I just got to get something. Is that what you really want? No, we want a meal on the table that people will enjoy. And it's not just going to be like beauty isn't just something that we see. It becomes something that we taste because if, if, if you know, on a Wednesday evening when you all go home and families sit down to dinner and, you, and, and something is prepared that really captures our taste buds' attention, people's attention is captured. And we want this. And we would say, and we'll get to next time when we talk, this notion of beauty being inherent in everything that we are. It's not a luxury. In fact, it was what we were made for, that if we are willing to be open to the notion that this is what we were made for, we soon discover that if we start practicing exposing ourselves to beauty, even in the smallest of ways, we find that we then want more and more and more of it and are more willing and likely to create it in all kinds of ways in our daily life. That's fabulous. So, Kurt, what does that mean, then, that we were made for beauty? Go into that. Well, and and we'll talk about this in more detail the next time that we talk next month, but this notion that when we look at the Scriptures, the very opening pages of the Genesis account, when God saw that it was good, the Hebrew account of that word good, is not just good as inadequate, it's interchangeable with the word beautiful, that God saw that it was beautiful. You rush forward then to the New Testament where we hear Jesus saying, I am not just the good shepherd, I am the beautiful shepherd. This notion that beauty is who God is, and if we are made in God's image, that means that we aren't just creatures who make beautiful things, We are creatures who God sees and longs for us to become living, breathing beauty ourselves. And so then we start to imagine, what is it like to be aware of the fact that when you walk into a room, it's important for you to be aware of the fact that your appearance is literally going to create a greater volume of beauty in the room than was there before you arrived. When's the last time any of us looked at someone or someone looked at us and said, oh, my gosh, I just see such luminescence. I see such beauty emerging from you. Now, of course, we'd look around and think, like, this this person's, like, troubled, right? There's something like, well, why are they they talking to me about this? 
But this notion that Jesus looks at us and sees us not as problems to be fixed primarily, but as artifacts of beauty that are waiting to emerge changes the notion of how we then see the world. Most of the time that beauty is starting to emerge, we're actually operating much more largely out of our right hemisphere, much more largely with the world as opposed to observing and, and, and uh, judging the world out of our left hemisphere. And so this notion of beginning to practice, first of all, recognizing that beauty is built into the very development of children, and we as adults should also be practicing this. And then next, asking this question, what are some things that we can begin to practice looking for that are beautiful in our environment every day, noticing something in order to begin to prime us to begin to see it in all kinds of spaces that we heretofore weren't expecting? One of the things that we notice that when people begin to pay attention to beauty, practice doing this on a regular basis, they will, keep, they will begin to report that they are less anxious. Mm-hmm. They will begin to report that they are more calm. Now, of course, mostly that less anxiety and that calmness takes place during those moments when they are encountering beauty. But here's the catch. When we encounter beauty, our next assignment is for us to have people practice simply remembering what you've done. Practicing, remembering the tree that you literally spent five minutes with this morning. I have a friend, Andy, who doesn't pick up any device when he wakes up in the morning before he picks up any device, before he turns on his computer, before he touches his phone. He makes it a practice to go outside of his house and within about a five-minute walk radius of his house, find something in the world that he sees as an artifact of beauty that reminds him of God's creation and that the day is new and that the mercy is great and that beauty is also something that Andy doesn't just witness, but that Andy is, that that, that, that is an artifact that God is creating in Andy as well. That's good. Oh, That's so really Kirk, good. so there's an intentionality here, right? I mean, so someone or Andy himself developed this process to look at, appreciate, see the beauty around him. But make I, space for it. Make space for it, right? So a lot of people, though, never had that opportunity, right? Well, I want to say that, you know, when we say I don't have time for, um, that's shorthand for I'm not making time for. Mm-hmm. We have time. We have time for, I mean, let me just say that we can create the time for this. This doesn't take three hours to do. Yeah. This can take 10 minutes out of your day. And I will tell you this, that when we begin to spend five minutes out of our day, you spend five minutes out of your day doing this for six weeks in a row, you're going to want to spend 10 minutes out of your day doing it. And before you know it, you're going to be making regular practices on the weekends of looking for other things that you can do to have encounters with beauty because of how life-changing it can become. I like it. I like it a lot. That's terrific. The new book, and for those of you watching on uh, YouTube, we're streaming live at The Word Pittsburgh. I'm holding up Kurt's new book right here. Um, It is called The Soul of Desire, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. Okay, Kurt, only a couple minutes left. So I want to be sure to ask you about... 
finding beauty during times of difficulty. You start the second chapter in your book talking about a couple that you were counseling, and they thought mm-hmm. that they were doing marriage counseling with you, uh, and instead mm-hmm. you asked them a question about creating beauty. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. We don't have time, I guess, for you to tell the whole story, but what's the idea behind that? What, is it, what does it mean to, to be thinking about be- beauty during times of conflict? One of the things that we point to, and we might come back to this in another conversation, is that uh, when we find ourselves in trouble, for whatever reason, whether we're in a marriage problem, we're depressed, we're anxious, we find ourselves in trouble, the brain tends to become increasingly isolated. And when it becomes increasingly isolated, it becomes more intent upon looking into the world to just see where the trouble is. So I see the world as a problem to be solved. The more I see the world as a problem to be solved, the more anxious I become. The encounter that we had with beauty, and when I asked this couple, what is the next artifact of beauty that you want your marriage to become? Of course, they first thought that I was a little wacky. Why are you asking, like, what I'd like for you to do is to fix my husband. I'd like you to do is to fix my wife. Like, okay, there's some beauty that you can work on trying to, you know, make that happen. (laughs) But the point is that our attention is so captivated by the anxiety-provoking things that we are imagining, that we are paying attention to, that when beauty enters into the picture, it begins to enable us to practice allowing our attention to shift, answering the question, what is it that I want, not just what is the problem that has to be solved? Because if I think the problem to be solved is my job or my spouse or my kids or something else outside of myself, I'm not going to be open to the notion that I am also not a problem to be solved but I am beauty waiting to be revealed. And this is uncomfortable for us because what we're going to discover as we talk further about this is that beauty, even within us, is something that Jesus longs to see emerge out of the very places that we hate the most, the very places that we think are the most broken, that we would rather discard. Jesus looks and says, that's where the masterpiece is going to come from. That's fabulous. That's really good. Kurt, it's always a pleasure. You drill down deep into areas that uh, I can't really fathom, but thanks for this. The Soul of Desire, Dr. Kurt Thompson's brand new book, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. It's uh, brand new and out right now. The Soul of Desire, Dr. Kurt Thompson. Thanks, Kurt. We'll step away. When we do come back, it's our daily feature. Does this make sense? What's next? One of my sons attends a state school, and um, I went to visit him recently, and I, I saw in one of the billboards that they were you know, previewing their you know, future events of, of the entertainment that was coming to the college campus. And one after another, I thought, oh, man, I know that comedian. That's rough. Um, oh, I know that person. I mean, uh, it's the culture is so harsh, and your kids are captive to that. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know this, that, you know, at Grove City College, not that it's all, you know, sunshine and lace, but the people that they are inviting to speak on campus, they are not that darkness of the culture. Yeah. I think it's so easy for any of us to fall into a pit and be bottom dwellers when it comes to comedy or it comes to the dramas we're watching or the stuff we're watching on YouTube or whatever it is, whatever it is. So what we need is a community of people who are helping us to make good choices, you know, furthering us in our walk with God, helping us to be better people. 
You know, we need that. We can't do that on our own. That's one of the things I value most about Grove City is that type of community that encourages students to not to be like holier than thou. We don't want that. But just to pursue goodness and truth, to have a good time, but to be, you know, decent while you're doing it. We are called to the highest standard. GCC.edu. Research shows that people remember radio ads with British accents. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, take it from a Brit. Oi, balmy insurance blokes fucking dosh out your pocket. It's balmy. Liberty Mutual won't leave your skin, mate. Uh, can you just say Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need? I think that's what I said, you blooming. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for primetime, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Mostly cloudy skies expected for tonight and tomorrow. Tonight's low 41, tomorrow's high 64. Tomorrow night will be cloudy with rain overspreading the area late. We'll see a low of 51. For Friday, as we wrap up the week, it will be breezy and cooler with occasional rain. Expect a high Friday of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. sense. Does what make sense? Cloth napkins at home. Well, in our house, when we pull out the cloth napkins, something really good is coming. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll pull them out for special meals, and I don't know why that is. I mean, certainly, What do you mean special meals? Like somebody's birthday, Christmas? Yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, even a birthday, or just something like, oh, what are you having tonight? We're going to have like the rare thing that we would have once in a blue moon, like a rack of lamb. Oh, we're going to sit down and have the better plates with the napkins. Really? So they do make sense. They're sort of a barometer of the mood Mm. and the tone of where we are. They make sense to me. But regular, everyday use, not really. Does that make sense to you? I want them to. I get why you would want them you know, to. I want, yeah. Because like a cloth, I, I mean, when a paper you, napkin. When you go to a restaurant, don't you appreciate that? Oh, 100%. I always appreciate it. And yet, at home, I mean, 
I wash all sorts of things. I do a lot of laundry. It's not that big of a deal. Well, if you were using cloth napkins every day, after one meal, would you stretch them out over several meals? That's just not, no. I'm just saying. It's just gross. I'm just saying. I mean, what kind of base I mean, the, behavior the old days, are you talking used, about? Well, people used to use, like, handkerchiefs. Right, all day long. I mean, That's different than using the same you, napkin two days in a row. It's worse. How unsanitary a, a, a handkerchief is okay, all well, day I'm, long. Well, I'm not asking if a handkerchief makes sense. Right. I'm talking about the cloth napkin. <laughs> I'm saying one and done feels I like wanna, a, a okay. very wasteful. But you're doing laundry, so why not just put? I'm just saying. Know. All of a sudden, I've got thirty, okay, forty I'm cloth napkins. I'm going to step out and say I'm not living this way. But yes, they do make sense at home. All right. I don't know what that means for my future, but I want to. I want to stand up and say it. It means you wish you were. You wish you were Martha Stewart. I. I don't. Okay. okay. Here's I, for the first time ever. I'm doing a visual. Oh. Okay. On does this make sense? Here is my computer. Yes. Plug. Yes. Three plonger. Three plong. Three prong. Yeah. Well, I don't have a three prong outlet here. So what do I do? Uh, I get the little gray thing. I love the little gray thing. And then I plug in the three prong, and the little gray thing is two prong, and then I put it into an extension cord, which is a two prong. Mm -hmm. And so I bypass the safety feature of the three prong in the first place, but those little gray adapters are sold everywhere for a buck. So does that make any sense? I mean, it's you're negating the safety feature of the three prong. But we have to live that way. doesn't make sense. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Life is full of mystery, misery, and magnificence, but it doesn't seem to make sense. Well, friend, if you get into the eighth chapter of Romans, we're going to learn something of the magnificent grace of God in it all and through it all. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Foundations for Our Faith, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I will say one thing. You know, I really feel like right now might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them to cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly 
belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzest to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzest if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzest and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at E&K excavation.com So just the other day, my wife said, hey, it's the 25th. Christmas is two months away. Uh, oh, that's like sick. Someone I throwing cold water in your head. Oh, well, you know. Oh, my God. Listen, there are some people who have their Christmas shopping done already. Okay. You know that. You know that. I can't. I, I can't associate with those people. Lisa think. Anderson is back with us. Lisa is director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. She hosts the Boundless Show. It's a weekly podcast and radio show. And so we're talking today about how to do holidays on a budget. Lisa, is that even possible? It's very possible. I love to say that I'm super cheap, you know, so um, that's so sweet. sometimes Sometimes by choice, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's been, uh, it's been good for guys I've dated in the past. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but I think like being creative, like people, the problem is people just let the holidays own them and take over their lives and get all crazy. And then they just resent it and no one has a good time. So I'm like, just a little bit of planning on the front end, I think could get us down the, you know, the, what do you call that? What's my sports analogy down the field, right? Down the, the goal, down the sidelines, sprinting toward the there end zone. Something you mean like, something like that? Yeah, right. sure. Exactly. Okay. So do you think the secret is in the planning? I mean, I think so. Like, like for example, you know, if everyone just decided, I mean, here we are coming off of a pandemic. If everyone just decided that you don't have to give to everyone in the world, oh, yeah. I mean, that would just be a start. So all this pressure, you know, far too many people are reading columns in magazines that talk about like the gifts you have to give to your hairdressers and your postmen and all this kind of stuff. And now every hairdresser and postman is going to call into the show and be like, hey, tell that woman to stop talking. But, you know, just all this, like everyone and their brother, like single people have known this forever. Okay. This is my audience where we live because it's like, we go home with our extended family And it's like you as the single person, you know, or the young adult who's going home is like, hey, uh, you're expected to buy a gift for every one of your siblings and their spouses and their kids. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I can't even do this. And then, you know, the single person gets this like family gift from everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You're just one person, you know, so. So I think, you know, we have to get this pressure off to like give to everyone. So you have to pick the people that you're prioritizing, whether that's immediate family, whether that's a few friends, whether that's the people you're going to actually spend the holidays with, decide who those people are 
and then figure out how you can infuse some meaning into those gifts instead of some crazy, you know, we can't even do Black Friday this year, you guys. We have like ships out in ports. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know how this is going to be accomplished. So I think we just all need to chill and come up with creative ways. Like I'm a big fan of say, you know, talking about the family here, um, giving a family group gift. So that might be like a board game for everyone, or it might be like an experience. If you have a sibling or a a friend um, that has small kids, what about like a zoo membership for the year or something where they're going to actually benefit from it throughout the year? It's not a bunch of junk that's going to break sitting around their house. So finding ways to do things that kind of allow you to consolidate and, uh, you know, kind of hit a home run in, in several different areas. I like it. I like it. What is that? Are you changing your mind on what well, you were going to get me? No, no, we don't get anything. <laughs> we we don't get anything to eat for each other, Lise. We just have we made never that have. rule, right? We never have. You're, you're going to get a zoo membership this year. That's, That's what right. you're going to get. Okay, <laughs> okay Lise. I, mean, I get this in practicality, but Christmas morning, right, when the big reveal comes and everyone goes, where's all the presents? And my stocking is empty. And mom and dad go, we got a zoo membership. I mean. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. That's not going to work That's real well, point. is it? Okay, well, maybe not. But honestly, I think you need to set expectations early. So a lot of kids, I mean, have you guys seen like, actually, Amazon sent me a physical calendar, a physical catalog a week ago. Really? Have you seen it? Okay. So it is bringing back, hearkening to the olden days of Sears when kids used to be able to thumb through these catalogs. So now Amazon is bringing that back and giving parents a living nightmare in their homes of allowing kids to start thumbing through this catalog before the holidays. So I think we got to set expectations of like, you know, kids, this is what it's going to look like this year. We're going to do something as a family. We're going to do like this big thing. And then everyone gets, you know, and I know some parents like, are way on top of this and they've done super aspirational things. Like I remember I had a a friend back in the day who just harka, I mean, talk about what are we doing? Little house in the prairie. She said, every one of my kids gets uh, a book to read. They get something practical and something they want. And those are their gifts. And the kids knew that that's what it was. And they just owned it. And it became awesome. That's cool. And so some some families can start charting that early on. Others, maybe it's going to be trickier. But but I think, too, again, getting back to the creativity, what about, like, here's something I always give to my young adults. What about giving a skill or something that you can contribute that is going to cost you nothing? So for some people, like my 20-somethings, it might be that they really are great at photography. So for a family member or something, they're going to give them a photo session free of charge. And it's going to take them some time and some effort and energy, but it's something that they can give. Or grandparents. Grandparents are so hard to give for. What about a a young adult or a teen, a digitally savvy teen saying, grandma and grandpa, for your Christmas present this year, I am going to organize all of your digital photos and put them in folders and edit them for you mm-hmm. and make them manageable for you. I mean, that is something that like any grandma and grandpa who are like, please don't even talk to me about anything digital are going to be all over. So again, something that you're good at, it might be, um, you know, conversely, maybe an older person who just rocks out cooking, they might go to their, you know, grandchild, maybe their adult grandchild and be like, I want to teach you, let's come over on a Saturday. I'm going to teach you how to make my three best dishes, the ones that are easy that you can do, you can succeed at, 
And I'm going to, and, and then you're spending time with your grandparent as well. So it's like a win-win and it's just an opportunity to make it about something more than just checking off uh, something in a catalog or an Amazon wish list. That's really good, Lisa. I like those cooking ideas with Graham. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's really yeah. awesome. And the idea of prioritizing, right? If you set this, the tone early on for the family, I remember, this is horrible, when our kids were super little because Christmas when we were growing up was like this major deal and it was like Christmas Eve and I was looking at my little kids and they were little kids they were like little kids and i was having like this meltdown in my head like i have not done enough as a father Mm -hmm. to make sure my kids are gonna have a great christmas morning so what did you do yeah you tell the story it was midnight and i went to walmart Uh (laughs) on christmas eve yeah it was horrible and i was like wandering around in a panic and i bought something for the sake of buying it i don't know why i did that because it's because it's parental panic okay okay well at least that's not as bad john i will say that one christmas i was staying with my mom and i went christmas eve morning i think to walmart (laughs) to get wrapping paper yeah and I can't even tell you the number of men that were there buying, let's be honest, jewelry at Walmart. Like for the, I don't know how that went down, but I just did. I didn't right. have a good feeling at about 2 it. 2 a.m. on Christmas so, morning. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it was it was bad that's, at Walmart. Right. That's, oh, not, that's, that's, not good. that's just not good. Lisa <laughs> Anderson is with us, director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. She's also the host of The Boundless Show, which is a weekly podcast and radio show. Excellent. Okay. Before you leave us, Lisa, I want to ask you again to go back and talk about specifically people in our families who are young adults, who are unmarried, who don't have children, what kinds of unfair expectations do you think we're putting on them or maybe different ways that we can look at what they're looking at when it comes to sure. a ho- when it comes to a holiday like this? Yeah, you know, and some of that goes beyond even gift giving. I mean, I think some of it comes straight up to uh, negotiating even travel expectations, say, mm. on the front end, because it's usually like, Hey, young adult, single person, you're going to be expected to travel because clearly, you know, grandma and grandpa aren't traveling. Uh, Your siblings who now have kids, they're not going to travel because that's too expensive. So you just travel. And so it's like, not that, not that young adults aren't, you know, willing to travel and stuff, but maybe you can make it a little more accessible for them because, you know, we all know Thanksgiving and Christmas is like the most expensive time of the year to travel. You can put, I mean, Let's just be honest. I have a fair amount of family that is near Fargo, North Dakota. First of all, who even wants to go there for Christmas? <laughs> Secondly, it is like going to Antarctica yeah. because the tickets are outrageous. So, you know, I remember when I was younger and I was like, you guys, come on. And so maybe the family can kind of chip in to get their young adult to join the celebration or make that part of their gift or whatever. But um, that's a good thing. And then the other thing is just, again, don't treat them like the, you know, they're the the single young adults at the kids table. So, I mean, I had a a boundless fan once who wrote in and said, Lisa, I'm going to be honest, I had some really hard feelings about this because when I showed up at my parents' house, they put an air mattress on the kitchen floor for me to sleep. So that was just kind of where they were because everyone else took the rooms. And so, of course, you know, early morning, people are like stepping over them and making their coffee and it just made them feel unwelcome. So it's kind of like, think it through, have the conversation. Don't assume that all the singles in your family or the young adults are going to be super eager to do X, Y, Z. So that's that's one thing to think of. And, And, you know. No one likes this. When I say this, people hate this advice, you know, again, so please don't don't hate me. But maybe you don't always, especially with extended family, the larger groups of family, maybe you don't have to celebrate right at Christmas. You might, it might be good to have an extended gathering 
after the holidays. Gifts are going to be cheaper. Travel is going to be cheaper. You know, you can get together with your immediate family and then make something bigger happen. Or like I tell my Fargo family, uh, I will see y'all in the summer uh, later, <laughs> you know, right. but, um, but also the other thing that's really big, you know, so there's gifts, there's the expense around the, all that stuff. And then something I always love to remind folks, marrieds and others with your single friends and family is don't use the holidays to go into an inquisition about your single family members love life or what in the world they're up to. I mean, this is like sitting at a party and all of a sudden it's like, you know, open season on singles of like, let's just ask all these personal questions about who they're dating and what's up and why aren't they married yet and stuff. Right. So be sensitive to that. Uh, just like married people, you know, you don't want anyone asking how your love life's going at a party. Trust me. Um, so, <laughs> you know, be, be sensitive to the singles as well and just make it a fun family time where everyone can reminisce and, and have fun and play with the kids and, you know, have a little bit of, uh, make it a little bit equitable in what's covered and how. That's Fabulous. awesome. Well, good. I mean, uh, last Christmas was so weird that yeah. most people spend it, you know, in really tight little circles. So hopefully this year is a better Christmas for everybody and you'll celebrate and you'll do so wisely on a budget. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, I mean, coming off of a year with COVID, my goodness, people should be gathering. That is right. so awesome to be able to do that. So just make sure everyone feels included and feels loved. Uh, that's more important than all the stuff surrounding the holidays. Yeah, that's good so good. Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Very nice. Good to see you, Lisa. Absolutely. Yeah. Good talking to you guys. That's yeah, terrific. That's Lisa this. Anderson. She's Director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. But you can watch or listen to her weekly podcast, The Boundless Show. It's both. Thanks so much. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back. Uh, the smell of pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Why does it move us? There's a scientific explanation. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. As America changes in an era of crisis, the mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to saturate the streets with the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting to reach every home with the gospel. At saturateusa.org, churches can adopt a zip code and receive free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Join the movement at saturateusa.org. 
With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit waynesburg.edu. The pumpkin spice thing I basically was dragged into last week without really being able to resist it. It was a peer pressure thing, and I know it, it was a movement. It started by our producer, Christy, who is just all things pumpkin spice, like totally all about it. And um, I had a Starbucks gift card I wanted to share with you guys. I appreciate that. And so I put out the offer and I said, hey, does anybody want anything from Starbucks? And John said, I'll take like... You give, said, me a double, uh, give me a latte. You said a latte, right. And then Christy said... Pumpkin spice latte. And then as soon as he saw that, he said, wait a minute. Unless it's too late, I would like to switch to her drink. I said that. Yes, you did. Yeah. Then to our boss, I said, he had already said he didn't want anything. And I said, make my day, please, by ordering a pumpkin spice latte. Because it seems like a little bit of a girly drink. Sorry. It did. And he was like, I would like a pumpkin spice latte. And I was like, what? Give a shot. So then I was the only one. So I thought, well, I can't. I was going to go ahead and get my normal iced tea. Yeah. I felt weird about it. So I just decided to do straight up. So I got a pumpkin spice latte as well. Only mine was iced. Your all's was more hot. hot. Brought them all back. And I expected that I would, you know, like it for a little bit and throw the rest out. But you liked it. I drank the whole thing. I thought it was really excellent. And you thought? Mine was good. It's super sweet. Okay. Which I'm not, you know. Yeah. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. Would I do it again? I'm not so sure. Christy. Do I like it? Was that a question? Do mm-hmm. I like it? Mm-hmm. Like It's a mission statement. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is a mission statement. So news comes from National Public Radio that uh, Morning Edition spoke with Jason Fisher, a professor of psychological and brain science at Johns Hopkins University, researching the science behind pumpkin spice's appeal. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. This a science. Is, yep. This is what he found. He said these associations, the association between the smell of pumpkin spice mm. and fall in America... Okay, they form year after year and they give us a sense of familiarity. And so when we start to smell the pumpkin spice things, it gives us a feeling of nostalgia. Well, no, wait a second. Pumpkin mm-hmm. spice is a fairly new thing. Well, right? I would uh, I would say burning 19, leaves. 1920s yeah. is when pumpkin spice what? was. Really? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say like if people remember people used to burn leaves in their backyard. 
No, right? I don't remember that. Well, I I remember that. Do you? I mean, yeah, okay. and that was kind of like, oh, fall's here. We're all burning our leaves. <laughs> you know? Pumpkin spice is a lot better than that. I don't think so. I like the smell of burning leaves. Really? Yeah. Okay. People still do that in, you know, not rural, in the city. Right, I was going to say in rural places. Yeah. Pumpkin spice flavoring, NPR goes on to say, can be so evocative that it throws people off the scent of a very important fact. It does not contain any pumpkin. Really? Yeah, it but does it does not. contain spice? It comes from nutmeg, cinnamon, and allspice, mm-hmm. which is why sometimes people that smell pumpkin spice get it conf- confused with apple pie smell. Like pumpkin spice smells like apple pie. No kidding, that's weird. Okay. Like the same spices. So, yeah, right. Interesting. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, so basically, it's saying, oh, it's fall again. It's making me feel like, right. oh, I, I I like fall. I remember last fall. It was a good fall. And then right. we're all ordering did five you, pumpkin spice lattes. Did you say that you were making um, a pumpkin pie? I was going to make you apple crisp. Oh, even better. Yeah, except that Yo. I don't know if I can do that. What? Because I packed up all my baking dishes. All right. Sorry, well, you can you buy guys. me some apples. Apple okay. tarts or something. I don't know if I'm buying anybody anything. I bought you all the lattes. Come on, you guys. This is my turn. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.